do do do. Richard! Richard, help! Sean? Yeah, it's me! Why are you in a sewer? Uh, I was looking for the turtles. You were as pathetic as you are sad. Now listen to this, because it's a Pabro's exclusive. I'll go get a ladder. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Guy Huddle. I know it's been a few weeks here, but I'm back. I swear we're here, we're not gone, we're not away. And with me today, I have a very special guest host, someone from Blokebusters, Paul. How's it going? Eh, not too bad, and how's it for you, sir? Oh, good, good. I just want to take the time to say thank you for coming on and actually sitting down and talking with me. That's fine, any time, really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so today we're going to, you know, talk about your guys' podcast, what it means to podcast, and then we'll talk about some current events in this situation. The Super Bowl happened, but we're not going to so much talk about American football. We're going to talk more on the lines of the commercials. You know, the things that everyone really likes to listen to and watch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me being English, the actual American football side of it, not is. Not the biggest draw for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could imagine. <laughs> Though the Lions did play in uh in the UK this past year. Did you hear anything about that at all? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not the biggest sports fan, to be perfectly honest. I follow ice hockey, but that's about it. Oh, nice, nice. Do, uh, NHL? Uh, yes, uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a oh, local okay. team, so that's what I go for. Yeah, awesome, man. Good to hear. Good to hear, fellow uh, hockey fan. Yeah. So, let's get into it. I know you guys from, well, I know you and Brian mm-hmm. from Blokebusters. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your podcast, what it's all about? Sure. Well, um, uh, it's... As you say, it's me and Brian. I'm obviously from across the pond, as people say, uh, <laughs> from uh, the land of England, uh, where the language comes from. And uh, <laughs> and Brian is a native of America. Uh, can't remember exactly where his family's from, but he's been living in Ohio for a while. And we worked together for a little while and figured out that we liked film so much that we may as well start recording something where we just talk about it and see uh, see if people want to listen to it. So we tend to take either a film that is in the cinemas, uh, normally we'll wait a week or two and then record about it and then get it out before it leaves the cinema, <laughs> or occasionally we have taken older films or a director in particular or an actor and talked about why we like them or what we think about their work and we try and come at it relatively open-minded um Mm -hmm. if you are a listener to blockbusters you might notice there have been some michael bay bashing from time to time (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think that's kind of par for the course at this point and we've even come up with our own rating system that i've started to realize we never really 
keep telling people what it is we just <laughs> we give it so i may as well say it now um what we decided was we were going to go for a negative review rating zero being an absolute perfect film and then we take off at our own discretion points for any little problems we might have any bad acting or weird things we noticed that we didn't like or yeah i think the worst one we gave was to uh dread 3d uh we didn't really like that one very much <laughs> so that one got quite the negative score <laughs> now do you guys have uh does your negatives go to a certain point um at all well at the very very beginning we had an idea of like negative 20 would be the absolute worst um mm. after a while we realized that that could get a little weird so we did go for minus 10 as the lowest and we, we didn't even really announce it. it we just kind of came to that conclusion and went with it mm -hmm. but uh what tends to happen is if we really really like the film then to start with you only take off um like point one, point two. But when you get to negative one, you tend to start going for point fives being taken off. Mm -hmm. So, because um, we really wanted to steer clear of your typical one through ten or one to five, because right. if you notice, a lot of people that have that films tend to hover around a six to eight range, because mm -hmm. no one's really sure where to put them. So. We felt it was best to have a slightly more fluid system. I mean, we still have a lot of films that hover around the minus 2 to minus 0.5 range because, as kind of worked out, we tend to do films that we hear about and we want to see, and we tend not to be disappointed. So we, we, <laughs> we tend to do films that we urge people to go and see, but... Uh, but yeah, we we try and be as uh, open-minded as possible, even though that's not always possible. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Like I was gonna say, even though there's films that you anticipate about seeing, you you are pretty truthful with it. Even if you wanted to see it, there have been some ratings where it, it wasn't as good as you thought it would be. No, and uh, the the film I've been most disappointed with, I actually, I mentioned this in. Uh, one of the podcasts we did recently, I can't remember if it was ours or if it was the joint one we did with In Session Film, but I went to see Sin City 2 because I was such a big fan of Sin City 1. Mm -hmm. And it was not good. It just dragged. Even though it was the same kind of style, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And it it seemed as if they were trying too hard to recapture the original when I think that if they'd have just gone with more of the actual stories that already existed rather than two of the stories that are in the film they wrote for the film, I don't think oh, they should okay. have done that. I think they should have kept going with the original uh, graphic novels, and that might yeah. have worked. But uh, Well, that's disappointing to hear. I haven't seen that yet, and I had been looking forward to seeing it. So, Well, I mean, you might still like it. It's just uh, when I went to see it, it ended up not being something that I enjoyed as much as I thought I would, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know you kind of briefly told us about how you and Brian came along and, and met with one another, but how did the podcast itself form? Um, well, I mean, the, the idea actually came from, because I, I used to listen to 
podcasts a lot, either going to work or when uh, when the store was shut and we were cleaning, I would just listen to stuff. And one of the podcasts I listened to a lot was, well, I say a lot, they were a very sporadic release date. Uh, it's called Remember When, and it's two guys that were on this other podcast, and they keep getting together and talking about nostalgic stuff or geeky stuff. And I realized these were just two people sitting down, recording a conversation that they were having with each other. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, I enjoy talking about films with Brian. And I turned to him and said, do you think we could sit down and record ourselves talking about this stuff and make it into a podcast? And he he was fairly knowledgeable about podcasts. I think he had a few he listened to. Uh, the Doug Benson one, he liked to listen to that. And I think the fact that we both listened to film-related podcasts kind of helped out. And then... Uh, I bought a blue snowball microphone, which uh, the wife wasn't too happy about, but uh, <laughs> she's she's still not ecstatic. But, uh, <laughs> but I think she tolerates it. Is probably the best uh, description. Uh, yeah, and uh, and then that was pretty much it. We just kind of meet up whenever we can, or whenever we've both seen something, and. Uh, we tend not to talk to each other about films outside of it because we want it mm-hmm. to be as organic as possible when we're actually recording. Yeah. And it, we just kind of sit down and it's almost as if the microphone isn't there sometimes when we're talking because <laughs> we do just keep talking and then occasionally we'll just give each other a look and then realize, hang on, we need to explain what's just happened here because no one can see this. <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes that's the best, though, is because you have that chemistry, you have that prior friendship that it's not, it doesn't feel staged or you don't feel like a microphone's in front of you. But like you said, sometimes you can kind of get lost in the moment. You're like, oh, man, I don't know how we're going to have to edit this. (laughs) Yeah, one thing that I run into a lot is I'll say something which normally gets Brian to just kind of stare at me in a weird way. (laughs) And then I'll start laughing. And while I'm laughing... I'm going through in my head like, okay, how am I going to explain why I'm laughing? So I, right. so I had to yeah. sort of stop myself from laughing and then say something that makes sense to someone that would be listening, mm-hmm. uh, which normally gives Brian the time to respond to whatever it is I've just said. So yeah. So how long have you guys been producing shows now? Um, I've been trying to remember. Uh, I think we started. Uh, about two and a half years ago, something like that. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it, I know it was in August, um, and it might have been when The Dark Knight Rises came out, because that was the first one we did. Mm. So I think that was shortly after it came out, or a little while after it came out. And we originally were really trying to stick to every two weeks, and we started realizing that that wouldn't necessarily happen. So yeah. we tried to push it so it's at least once a month and then just hopefully meet up every two or three weeks. So that's uh, that's been our goal and we pretty much hit that. The only time I think we didn't was when I changed jobs and then we were also going on holiday somewhere. 
So um, we did. I didn't have it set up before I left. So when we got back, there was a week afterwards, and then we met up, and then we recorded. And so it was, that that one had a little bit of a a gap there, but uh, I think that's been the longest it's we've been without having something out. Oh, nice. You know, I I'm glad that you mentioned timing because timing is one of those things that it's really hard, especially when you have two different hosts to try to find time and the older we get, it seems like the harder it is because, you know, you have your own job, you have family, yeah. you have your obligations that you have to take care of. So timing is really difficult. It's really tough. It's one of the things that for those listening, the reason why Jason hasn't been on, who has, who is my co-host with the guy held is because we haven't been able to find time to record, you know, and life just passes us by and we can't help it. But, Instead, I've decided to try to go to other hosts and see if they'll come on the guy huddle and do what I originally wanted, and that is to have them explain their shows and to give some advice and whatnot. So, so far, it's been pretty good, except for these past few weeks. You know, things have fallen a little bit because people can't record, even when you try to get other show hosts to come on. So, well, yeah, timing sucks. And, <laughs> and even when we were due to record last week, and it turned out uh, conflicting schedules, I believe. That's pretty right, bad. right, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it happens, you know. It's, it is what it is, but I'm glad that we're here and we're able to do this. Yeah. So. <laughs> now, where do you guys, where do you see yourselves going in the future? Is there any anything else that you would want to explore do you think you'll just stay in just the podcast medium well i don't think we have any real end game for this uh what this started as was just us having fun and putting it out there and seeing what other people thought and what it's kind of turned into especially recently is us having the opportunity at times to talk to people we wouldn't have been able to otherwise. I, we managed to interview a director by the name of Adam Rifkin, who, mm-hmm. he is the guy that actually wrote uh, the film Mouse Hunt, and he was also one of the guys that came, was the writer on Small Soldiers. Oh, cool. And he also directed a couple of films. He's currently doing something with Penn Jillette, which, oh, nice. which is a a really cool idea, and if you want to hear more about it, then do go and listen to our episode on that. And it was something that, if we weren't doing a podcast, that never would have happened. And I also got to talk to myself, the director of a film called Beach Pillows. Great guy. I really enjoyed the film. It was a, a good fun talking to them. And then we're, you know, we're doing joint crossovers with other people as well, which has been a lot of fun. And I think that what will probably happen is we'll keep doing this sort of stuff until we either can't anymore or until another opportunity crops up that gives us the chance to try something we haven't done yet. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what we'll be able to do because we ourselves are operating on a fairly small budget. Uh, I and my wife, I know that's bad English, but whatever, uh, we... (laughs) We don't have a huge amount of spare money lying around, so uh, it, I'm basically paying the $10 a month for the server to keep the podcast going. And, right. And then Brian has just started a new job, and he's uh, currently working on building up his savings, so uh, right now we're just kind of 
running with what we got. But uh, who knows, in a year or so, maybe something will turn up and we can actually spend a bit more money enhancing what we already do. But uh, for now, I think just uh, keep keep going the way we're going and uh, see what comes up. Nice, man. Nice. That's great. You guys have been doing a great job, and I'm glad that you had gotten to contact with me, and we've talked about the show being on the network, and now now it is a part of the network, and it's something that I've always wanted to be a part of Pod Bros. so I was very glad to see that you were so willing and so open arms to come on. So, Oh, yeah. I, mean, um, I, I saw you guys on Twitter, actually, and I went on your your webpage and you know, I could see all of the other shows you had on there and I thought, well, why aren't we a part of a network? So <laughs> why not get a hold exactly. of it? Exactly. Exactly. And now you are. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's pretty exciting stuff. I know. Uh, getting back to the whole, you know, budgeting and whatnot, I do have to say it is nice that podcasting is sort of a nice, cheap way of getting things done. And I've mentioned that before on other shows, but it really is, it's not going to break the bank on you. No, I mean, the editing software I use is Audacity, and that's completely free. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm using right now, and Audacity is a godsend. It's, yeah. <laughs> I can't say enough good things about it. You know, I know a lot of people, especially those who are in the business of being maybe an audio engineer or, you know, working with audio Say, yeah, Audacity is nice, but, you know, when you start out, Audacity is its just awesome. And I can't thank them enough for creating this. Oh, yeah, I and mean, I saw that uh, a while ago, I think you did pay for, like, the full version, and then they just dropped that entirely and put it all up. And uh, I, I can't say thank you enough to whoever it was that decided that, because it, it really has made everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. That's definitely for sure. So Audacity always gets a plug on this show whenever whenever it's brought up. So <laughs> I can't thank those guys enough for, for doing that. Yeah, same here. But speaking about Audacity and everything, you know, a lot of people who listen to this show are those who have thought about getting into podcasting or are just starting out on podcasting. And what I like to do is not only since I'm talking about the shows of other podcasters, I also like to see if they would give some of their own advice to fellow podcasters or those who are just trying to get into it, just trying to start. Do you have any advice that you could give someone that is just coming along? Well, I was trying to think about it as in what could I possibly have told us when we started out. And I don't think there's a huge amount that I could tell someone that they wouldn't learn through experience. It might actually be better for them to learn that way. But, uh, I think one of the few things I've learned is if you have a possibility of recording somewhere where you can control the environment, do it. Because <laughs> there have been a couple of times where we had to record somewhere where it was in a more public place or we had no control over the air conditioning and so there would always be background noise kicking in. Mm-hmm. And... One of the things that we ran into is because uh, me and my wife have a couple of dogs. And so occasionally when recording at our place, the dogs would bark. And we'd have to kind of figure out a way of naturally stopping and then restarting what we were saying. 
So uh, yeah. I would say definitely try and practice that because you never know when something is going to happen. Someone's going to knock something over and it will <laughs> mess up the audio. And so you, know, you can't really leave that in. So a lot of times what can happen is if you just pause at whatever wherever it was you were and then go back to the beginning of the sentence or the end of the last sentence you said because what you want is to continue speaking the same way you need to have that flow going mm -hmm. so just try and try and do that if you ever need to stop that way when you're editing it will feel more fluid and be easier to cut together and uh yeah the only other thing is just Keep trying and don't be afraid to edit the way you do things because the way that we were on the first episode is not at all the way we were on the 20th episode because mm -hmm. we started out giving the entire synopsis of the film and nitpicking as we went and we reached a point where we realized not everyone wants that and right. it's best to talk about the film how we felt about it and then just give the nitpicks because then if someone were to go and see the film even if we spoiled the end of the film we haven't told them the whole film so they can go and see it or if they've already seen it they don't want to hear us rehashing it so right <laughs> so it's kind of a happy medium of how much of the film do we talk about versus how much do we just have a discussion about the key points so that was what we kind of naturally grew into. And yeah, yeah don't, don't ever judge yourself on your first couple of episodes. Just keep, <laughs> keep going until you have a few and you're starting to feel comfortable. It just might take a while to get to that point. Great advice, Paul. Great advice. I, I definitely hear you there. And it is something I think every podcaster has to experience for themselves because really the start of your show, you will have an idea, but it will totally transform by the time you get into episode 10 or whatnot. Uh, one of the other podcasts that I do, and the first one that I started on is with my buddies Tom and Joe for Pencil and Ink Reviews. And what it is now compared to what it was in the beginning, are, it's almost like it's two different shows. It was that, you know, it's a, it's a comic book reviewing podcast. <laughs> and like you said with the movie reviews, at first we were kind of getting very into it. And it was like, People don't want to sit here and listen. You know, we, we realize that our show is going to be geared towards people that don't really read the books, but are fans of the, you know, movie universe or fans of the characters themselves, but aren't too sure what's happening now. Yeah. But even then, we didn't want to bore them with that. You know, you, you sit there and you're like, you know, on page one, this happens and page two, this happens. But no, you're totally correct. And, and all the advice that you gave, I mean... Sure, everyone's you. You got to learn, you know, and don't be too down on yourself when you don't really like the first couple episodes of your podcast. Out of everyone that I've talked to, whenever they mention about podcasting, the first thing that they say to me is, "Listen to some of our newer episodes rather than our older stuff." So you know, it's it seems like that's the way it goes with a lot of people. What? I find it nice sometimes to go from the beginning and then go through because then you follow from their origins and you get to see the progression kind of like uh, if i were to draw a, a parallel to something else the simpsons the first season homer sounds like walter Matthau, <laughs> and then you see the voice change to the next season and it changes mm -hmm. again 
and you get to see them find their feet, as it were. So right. it can be fun. The only thing is, if you come across a podcast with 200 episodes, you might not have the time for that. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true, too. I'm I'm in the same boat with you. I'm not one to judge anyone from episode 50 to episode 1. You know, I like to listen to the beginning of how things were. And like you said, it is, to me, especially being a comic book geek, it is almost like the origin story. You're getting to understand what this podcast was and how it evolved. Yeah, although that, that doesn't mean that uh, you can't ask them what episodes you think are their favorites because there's a couple of episodes that we had that I really enjoyed the conversation on it where mm-hmm. it's not necessarily because I feel it's the best episode. It's just that I enjoyed it. So it's always fun to try and steer people towards that. Right, right. So if you did have an episode that you wanted people to hear, what one would you pick? Well, um, I've been trying to think about this. I tend to steer people towards three. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of them is our Ender's Game episode, because I had just finished the second book in the series when we recorded it. Because I, I heard the film was coming out. I had never read the books. I read the first book. I then read the second book, then the film came out, I then read the third book, and I've read a couple of the Shadow books, and mm-hmm. so I'm really into it, and then I got to talk about the differences between the book and the film, whereas Brian, even though he had read it, he was really mostly going on the film, so it mm-hmm. was kind of interesting to have that parallel of, I knew where the differences were, whereas he was just going on the film itself which was really fun to, to talk about. And then I I like to say that listening to us talking to Adam Rifkin as well, we got to really talk to someone about film as well as the film that he was doing, or is still doing. So mm-hmm. that, that was a lot of fun, especially if you're into hearing the behind-the-scenes stuff. That one's a really good one to go with. And then I do t- tend to go with the Guardians of the Galaxy one that we did, which, you know, we, we are big Marvel fans. And it also started getting into us talking about Marvel films and where they are versus DC films and where they are and what, uh, what yep. could possibly <laughs> have gone wrong or what could they do. And so I, I thought that was an interesting conversation we had there as well. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I uh, I listened to that one. That was one of the actually the first ones that I listened to from you guys uh, before we even started talking, interacting with one another. Oh, good. So I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> Always nice to hear. Yeah. So let's switch subjects a little bit, and we're going to get into some current event stuff usually. This is kind of where I like to take the show home and talk about what's been going on in life lately. And, and absolutely uh, nothing has happened. no no nothing at all (laughs) uh we did find out today that the super bowl this past super bowl 49 was actually the most viewed television show in american history what a shock (laughs) yeah yeah right (laughs) i mean this the super bowl always puts out good numbers so it really wasn't that shocking yeah it's the most hyped television show i think like, oh, yes. You've got the big football fans, and now that it's become a mecca for big advertisements for some reason, you've got mm-hmm. all the people that watch those. So, Right, right, exactly. And this year, honestly, is like the 
the dubbed year of the most depressing commercials of the Super Bowl. I don't know why. I mean, yeah. a laugh a minute, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what was some? Uh, what, what was? Uh, what was your favorite commercial? Well, I only saw live, I guess you could say, the first half of mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. So, I would say my favorite advert that I saw was and um, trying to wrap my brains here for a sec. It was probably, and just because I'm still on the fence about the film, is the Jurassic World trailer. Because nice. I, mean, I I like Chris Pratt now. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, and when I heard that they were doing Jurassic World, I even mentioned it on the podcast. It's like, in the first trailer they released, and they said the words, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park is now open. And my immediate response was, no, it's not. <laughs> there's no way this park would ever actually open. Yeah. And then they say the line of, you know, you created a new dinosaur. And again, I just thought, because that worked so well when you had the regular dinosaurs last time. <laughs> now you just create a bigger one. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm anticipating that this one is actually going to kind of get back to the original roots of Jurassic Park, kind of the campy feel to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and th- and then watching this trailer, aside from the fact that he's training Velociraptors, um, I, <laughs> I I felt that it was kind of feeling very true to the original. So I'm looking forward to it. And that, that was probably my biggest pull from the ones I saw on the day. Although very recently, my wife showed me the Liam Neeson yes. one, and uh, I am a big fan of the kind of meta humor and actors making fun of themselves. So, yeah, that that's got to be my favorite, I think. Yeah, that one was funny. That's the Clash of the Clans commercial. A lot of people have seen those commercials, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one just it took the cake. It was pretty funny, and it was poking fun at you know obviously Liam Neeson with Taken and everything. Yeah, I I think. Uh, you don't find it very often, but there are some actors that, even though they'll take the part and they'll do the part to the best of their ability and they'll take it seriously, they have no problem making fun of the fact that they did it. Mm-hmm. And Liam Neeson has always been like that. He's been oh, really yeah. good. So. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was great. That was a fun one. I enjoyed watching that one. Was there one that was totally just? that you watched that made you just feel uneasy or feel depressed looking at it or you just didn't like at all? I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, most people say I have a heart of stone. Um, <laughs> Brian definitely likes to say that. And when I watch these things, I am very removed from them. I see them mm-hmm. for exactly what they are. So I'm assuming the one that you are trying to uh, bring up would be the nationwide one yes <laughs> um, i myself didn't have any issues with it but i did i did notice the reaction of everyone else in the room which is kind of a huh okay <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. no one knew what to say to it i mean i understood the message i thought they actually were putting across a good message it's just that they just brought everyone down and that maybe might not have been the best way to go. I don't know. It, it depends right. on exactly what they were going for. If they were going for pure shock value, 
then they hit the nail on the head. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Because honestly, when I saw that, I saw it live. I'm watching it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is just going to be some some ridiculous commercial, feel-good commercial. And then all of a sudden, the kid was like, I can't because I'm dead. <laughs> and then it was like, here's the message. Yeah. Nationwide. And I turned to my wife, and, you know, we have a uh, nine-month-old son. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just, I didn't know how to take this commercial. I'm like, really? You're going to play this on, at the Super Bowl? Like, I mean, like you said, the message is there. And uh, we watch, you know, having a small child, we watch a lot of these small kid television, you know, PBS and all that. Right. And they will have commercials similar to that. The Tide Pods, which was a huge, crazy news story about kids, you know, eating these detergent pods and, and getting sick and getting poisoned from it. So I understood that, you know, but usually those commercials are, you know, still kind of nice, cutesy. And then they're just like, hey, be careful and, you know, put all your chemicals up. This one just kind of hit you. It was like it hit you in the gut. And you're like, I'm not expecting this. I'm expecting, you know, the Budweiser commercials or the happy feeling McDonald's commercials. But it really, it seemed like this year everyone was trying to tug at heartstrings, especially dad heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I saw that out there, that this was a year of the dad or something. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, you had the Doves Men Care ad, and I've seen that before. They did a huge online thing with it, you know, probably about six months ago. And then oh, I yeah. think it was N- Nissan had another one, I, I want to say. Yep. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about, the guy that's the racer. And he's yes, away all yep. the time. Yeah. That, yeah. that fell totally flat. Like, what the entire message was clearly something about the guy was away from home, but at the end he was clearly going to actually really be showing that he cared and in the end it was like no it's about the car he picked the kid up with. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah and then i think toyota had a very similar one the dad dropping off the daughter to go into the military one of the branches of the military too yeah i i mean i figured that one would be a car one because you kept seeing the car in there but it, right yeah. it's a bit odd i think that some of these adverts go with really long stories behind their thing. The the one that I thought was not necessarily the weirdest, but the weirdest takeaway from it was the one set in, I don't know, Spain or something, where there's the old guy that has the one last pill of Viagra, where she drops (laughs) out of the window, it goes into a car's petrol tank and then turns into a new car and what you're supposed to take away from it is this car is better than the old version and what i took away from it was this is the viagra car like (laughs) i'm not not sure you're putting out the message you necessarily want to right right, yeah yeah there there had been some uh crazy controversies i know a lot of there's been a lot of backlash at budweiser actually not for their usual cutesy commercials but for their we're America's hardworking brewery, you know, screw microbrews. I think and I a missed lot of people, that one. Yeah, I, I missed it myself, but uh, my buddy ended up posting it on uh, Facebook, and I ended up watching it and reading the article about it, and a lot of people weren't too happy, you know, saying, well, you're basically slapping people in the face, and, you know, Budweiser beer isn't the best beer, and blah, 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 and... <laughs> 
it, it was just hilarious to hear all about it. I was like, oh, okay. Well. well, the funniest thing about that is, obviously, in America, the idea is that Budweiser is kind of, it isn't, what is it, the king of beers or something along those yes, lines. Yep. Uh, you go anywhere outside of America, and Budweiser is by far the most watered-down beer available. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's... No one asked for a Budweiser outside Right, of exactly. Honestly. And I, I mean, really, I can't tell you the last time I've asked for a Budweiser. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not a, a, a beer drinker myself. I, uh, Growing up, I found it really difficult to find an alcoholic drink that I enjoyed. I ended up liking cider in the end. Yeah. So I tend to go for um, a Red Apple Ale normally if I'm going for the alcoholic beverage. But uh, Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, have you tried uh, Woodchuck at all? I, I think I have. Uh, are they the, generally the smaller ones? Yes. Uh, then yeah, yeah, I've had a few of those. They're not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not bad. They have a pretty big variety. Yeah, and it, it's a really weird thing. I, I like dry cider. Mm-hmm. And trying to find dry cider in America is one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. <laughs> I was just about to say, uh, being a cider drinker, it seems like, uh, I want to say over the past 10 years, I've slowly seen a rise in ciders here. Whereas originally, you'd be lucky to get maybe a Woodchucks or a Strongbow or something of that liking. Well, yeah, strong, Strongbow was my drink. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah big in the uk and then you come over here and it well you can find it at this one place 45 minutes away and it'll cost you six dollars for a pint it's not not necessarily worth it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't blame you i wouldn't i wouldn't either but yeah have you seen a rise in ciders around you um i would say so recently uh uh, strongbow you can now find in most supermarkets, even if it's not uh, the best price, because it is still an import. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Reds, when I first found it, they only had the apple one. Mm-hmm. Now they have strawberry, they have pomegranate, which my wife enjoys. Uh, I'm not a pomegranate fan, so that one's not for me. And <laughs> they have just released green apple ale. I haven't had the chance to try that yet, but that should be oh, nice. nice. So that's good. It's also. Um, for any cider drinkers out there, Red's Apple Ale, the original, is the closest I have found to Strongbow over here. So it's actually close enough that I would pick Red's over Strongbow right now because oh, that's wow. what I'm going to like. You heard it here first, folks. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I go back to England, it's Strongbow all the way. But uh, over here, Red's is by far the best option. So. Do you find yourself going back to England a lot, or no? Uh, not really. Um, since I moved over here, I've been back to England once, and that was for a Christmas vacation last Christmas, not the one just gone, but the one before. Uh, but uh, I will be going back in April uh, for a week because uh, uh, my sister had a, a baby in September, so uh, we managed... Oh, cool, congrats. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We managed to get a week off work, so we're going to be heading over there, meet the nephew, and uh, see how everyone's doing. Awesome, that's awesome, man. Is there one thing that you say that you miss the most about the UK that you can't really get over here in America? Um, 
there's a couple of things, to be honest. Uh, the thing that I wish that would take on over here, but it's not going to, um, <laughs> is in the UK, you go down to the shops, you pick up something, and the price that's printed on the label, you go, you scan it, that is the price you pay. Yes. All tax is included in the price. There's no additional tax paid anywhere. Whereas over here, you have to take that price, do a mental calculation, <laughs> add it to the other mental calculations you've done, and then hope you get it right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's, no, I totally agree with you there, man. That, that's a bit of a, a thing. I mean, it's the problem you have when you get, you've got your overall what, US tax, and then you've got state tax. I don't understand why you can't. that can't be lumped in. Like, if the US tax could be a set thing, and then somehow the state's tax just becomes state, totally statewide, and then you just factor that into everything on the shelves in that state. But uh, that would probably be too much work for the government, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's too much work now for stores to just change their sticker price guns, but I guess it'd be asking employees too much to try to... Do do simple math on their own. Not taking that, not taking anything away from anyone, you know. Yeah. But I I guess it's that's the only thing I can chalk it up to, you know. And unless they start thinking, oh well, you get sales involved, and then you got to ask people, you know, people are going to be asking, well, is this on sale before tax or after tax, or you know? Yeah, and it, and then you have to tell people, well, no, the taxes. On it, like this is the price. <laughs> There's no extra tax. Yeah, yeah no, no. Um, we're set. We're good. <laughs> and then the other thing that I really miss it's um, it, it's kind of a um, what is it? Six or one half dozen of the other type thing. Because over here in America, you can get some really good Mexican food. You can get some really good, obviously American barbecue food. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the UK, you don't really get those two things, but you do get. Uh, kebabs and what we would call kebabs over here uh, they're referred to as um, it depends on how someone wants to pronounce it there's gyros there's gyros there's like um, it's g-y-r-o and it, yeah, it's like yeah. the greek euro is even the, the greek uh, meat inside the pita bread um, oh yeah yeah but what what happens in the uk is you go down to one of these shops and they've got the big elephant's leg on a stick <laughs> and so you know they show some of that off and while they're doing that they then put the pita bread on a grill and they've sliced the pita bread uh in half like straight mm -hmm. through it so they put that on the grill on one side flip it over to the other side open it up put the meat inside the pita bread and then smother it in whatever sauce you want they put whatever things you want and it's all in this pita bread and then, so, a large one of those would cost you, let's say, three pounds. And then if you want a large portion of chips, that costs you one pound fifty. So for four pound fifty, maybe five pounds. So, and that's the equivalent of, let's say, seven or eight dollars. You've got something that will keep you full for, let's say, five or six hours. And yeah. is some of the nicest late night food you will ever find. <laughs> And when I was living in England, about, ooh, let's say, 300 feet down the road was this kebab shop that every now and again, 
because we kept going and they knew us so well, every now and again they would just give us one of our kebab for free. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was some of the best food, and most of them make their own chili sauce. So you got some really good, really spicy chili sauce to go on. Oh, <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. That reminds me of my time uh, doing an internship up in Canada. Very similar situation there. And that's where we always get our... Uh, our euros and whatnot, and uh, I miss that so much. I'm fortunate, though, enough that I live in a part of Michigan that we have a very big uh, Middle Eastern oh, nice. population. So the one thing that I'm spoiled on is Mediterranean food. So okay. a lot of a lot of outside of Michigan, uh, especially friends that have moved out of state, that's one of the things that they say that they miss the most here. They're like, you don't realize how well you have it until you're gone. And you're like, hey, let's go to a nice kebab house. And then you realize that there is nothing really around. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And that, the restaurants that uh, we really like going to now is uh, that Dickie's Barbecue or City Barbecue, either one of those two, really good barbecue food. Or there's a, a Chili Verde, a really good Mexican place. And. All of those are within 40 minutes drive of here. And then mm-hmm. there's also a couple of smaller Mexican restaurants within 20 minutes drive of here. And so that it's nice and it's all really good food. Love it. Wouldn't get it in England. But yeah. every couple of months or so, it's just, I just want a full-size kebab. <laughs> one night if I come home and get a full size kebab and just chow down on it I hear you man I hear you we actually we got hit with a huge snowstorm here uh, yesterday and I was telling my wife speaking of all this food I was telling her how all I wanted this weekend was Mediterranean food so I went out into the snow and I thought okay well I checked a couple places I had to go out to another store and I was like, well, instead of calling, I'll just drive by since it's on the way. So I ended up driving by their clothes. I ended up going to another one down the street, you know, a couple of miles down the street further. And uh, unfortunately, they were closed as well. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take my chances. It's bad out. I'm just going to go home kebabless. So yeah, well, came home and... Well, you'll have to wait a couple of days and then try again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When... Uh, all the snow is all cleared up. You know, I, I'm still craving it, though. Yeah. But so, where do you, where can you uh, tell our listeners where they can find you at, other than Pod Bros? Well, uh, let's see. Probably the best place to actually contact us or interact with us right now will be on Twitter. Um, and you can probably guess what it is. It's at Blokebusters. <laughs> <laughs> and just in case anyone isn't reading the information included in this podcast that is b-l-o-k-e-b-u-s-t-e-r-s and we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash blokebusters and we have our own website um occasionally run into a little blip with the the server running the website so if it's not fully up to date that's why not us, um, <laughs> but that one is blokebusters.webs.com, and also you can email us at blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com. There's no S at the end of blokebusters there because I forgot to put it on, um, <laughs> but we've actually really come to to like having that slight difference there, so, so yeah, that, that's our main email 
contact there. And uh, yeah, and any anyone that wants to really do get a hold of us, any and all feedback, uh, comments, good or bad. And if you if you really do enjoy it, please do rate us on iTunes and all that. It would be <laughs> be lovely. Yes. But yeah, just uh, any way you want to get a hold of us, where we do try and get back to everyone. Recently, uh, work's been uh, getting quite heavy for me and Brian as well, so um, if we're not super quick, uh, please don't hold that against us, but uh, we really do try and make sure we get back to everyone. Awesome, man. Well, Paul, thank you once again for coming on and telling us a little bit more about your show. I really appreciate it. It's nice to talk with someone that isn't uh, that isn't living down the street from me or in the same area as me. So, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, anytime you you want me back to talk about this, that, or the other, then uh, I'm more than happy to do it. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you very much. And for those listening, you know, if you if you don't know where to find us at, we're at Podros Network on Twitter. You can get at us on Instagram at Podros. Find us on Facebook.com/Podros or email us at thebros@podros.com. Paul, I can't thank you enough. I probably said thank you way too many times, but seriously, thanks for coming on. I'm glad I can finally get another episode up. <laughs> so it, it was awesome having you, and I'll be glad to have you back on soon. Well, thank you very much. And with that being said, thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed listening to the intro and outro music, please be sure to check out The Second Guest on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecondguestrocks or at musicpage.com slash thesecondguest.